0: Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, episode 143, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Avengers
1: Assemble! And Dom. Praise the old blood. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Is there a phrase in Sekiro similar to, uh, praise the sun, or, uh, ooh, you a know. a good blood guide your way. I uh, the good blood. Yeah, there's that. Is there something like that that's come out of Sekiro yet?
0: There's, I think there's one that has to do with the... Uh, what is it called? The promise that the the Shinobi has to make to the Master. Doesn't he say, yeah. like, the Iron Code or something? Fear Not Fear the Iron okay. Code. It's like, follow there, the Iron right.
1: Code or something like that. There's something like that. I'm definitely misquoting something... it, but it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what you're talking about. Then there's something that... Him and the the divine air or whatever. Yeah, I was gonna saying. say, isn't there something to do with the divine air? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. You know what? I'll, next week, I'm gonna have it ready to go.
0: The iron okay. Code thing is when you first hear uh, at the beginning of the game after the tutorial part when he like kneels in front of him and he gives him back his sword. He's like, take the iron Code or whatever the hell. Um, yeah, good question though. <laughs> I haven't really. Fucking take anything the yet. iron Code. Take the let's iron go code here. <laughs> um, let's hop into what we've been playing. Uh, which one do you want to go first?
1: Well, I'm going to go because Sekiro, uh, we're already talking about it. Uh, This game is even better than I said it was last week. This is a really good video game. What area are you in? (laughs) My Boo Village. Okay. I like that area. Pretty far along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's the, not like the last area level or anything like that, but I think I'm pretty close to the end, depending on what ending that's... I'm hearing that. I don't remember
0: can, the name. That's yeah. the, like, undead village, right?
1: Yeah, the the enemies there are really weird, um, super easy. Um, but they're all, like, the villagers there are just... They're all, like... I don't know yet. I'm still going through the area, but it seems like the, the one guy I talked to is like, yeah, everyone here is drunk on sake because the priest here made us drink it, and it's... <laughs> I'll report back later. The,
0: the one thing <laughs> I will say is, you, I don't know if you found him or not, there's a couple of NPCs that are pretty well hidden in that area. Um... So just make sure to explore to find them, because um, they're kind of yeah. they're very hidden in terms of like normal NPCs. Uh, it is towards the end of the game, but the, the weird thing with that game is that it's non-linear in like a couple of the areas. So like for instance, I beat that area and beat the boss of that area before I beat uh, the boss we talked about last week that you finally beat. Genichiro? Yeah. I didn't want to spoil yeah, it for Jordan if he didn't know or not, so I was just being vague. I, I don't know if we mentioned games. last week, so it doesn't That's matter. Fine. Uh yeah. Um so I did the out of order, but then now I'm I'm really close to the end of the game and uh I should there they I, do just
2: before you go further into your discussion, I'm getting to the point where I don't have any right to really say like spoilers, dude. Like Yeah. It's about time you guys yeah. should be able to talk for at Lisa. It's well, a hard game. It can take time, so
0: I think Dom and I. Well, I'm I not kinda... even
2: actually playing it currently, so like <laughs> you guys yeah. can, especially when I, think... I was like, "You should see Avengers, or we're gonna talk about it, Dom." <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I think Dom and I are kind of like we'll just talk about it in, like more in depth once we both finish it, which I'm pretty close to doing. Um, but there's there's a really cool thing at the end of the towards the end of the game that has to do with monkeys. That's totally out of left field hey, for us uh, the from game, which is really cool.
1: Okay, because that was the one thing I was gonna say. I beat the, you know, I beat the Guardian Ape twice and his buddies. Um, Baku, <laughs> uh, just fuck that guy. for He's one. Uh, he's um, the most.
0: I think he's the best designed boss in that game, hands down.
1: Yeah, I liked him a lot. Um, yeah. he does one move that I just loved. Like, all the enemies in this game actually, the way they attack is so different, uh, and they take so much to getting used to just the timing like they really from really is screwing with us like the way they oh someone draws his sword back and then like starts to go and then stops or or just like that it the timing is so weird on these attacks they really make you uh learn that shit but then the, the ape for sure does one move where it's like a body slam onto his back and you know he'll miss and you're like oh cool i can get some shots in here then all of a sudden he just starts flailing his arms while he's on his back like very very quickly and so, like, you just, you know, get destroyed after you go in for those hits. I mean, they do a lot of uh, uh, of mixing up the way these enemies attack that, you know, it's the, not the traditional reveal, video game stuff.
0: After you beat him, the reveal of why he was the way he was is really cool. Because you're like, hey, yes. this doesn't make sense. It's, oh, contextually, you would, earlier in the Senpu Temple and stuff, you were introduced, mm-hmm. and it was really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff is really, the story in this game is, is uh, you can actually, you know, fucking follow it and it's actually told to you <laughs> You know to watch uh, explicitly video videos yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> not that i don't Do like that you? stuff too but this is just more uh this is what's going on and it makes sense and the stuff you're doing you know why you're doing it so like how you handle uh enemies like that ape that are the way they are for that specific reason this is kind of weird to talk about without spoiling it but yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all really cool you know so uh I, I, I still adore this game and i already made like I thought I was about to make the one big choice um, after Genichiro, I think. At some point, was like, you can either continue to follow these guidelines, you know, the iron code, I guess I could just say that, or you can do something that would be against it. And immediately, I was like, well, fuck that code. You know, I'm going to do this other thing. (laughs) But then the dialogue option was not actually a dialogue option because it just kind of says, like, he just mutters to himself, I must follow the code. It's like, well, why do you let me choose the goddamn option then? If it doesn't actually do anything, I was upset about that. But I'm—I think assuming that, that later part, on,
0: partly be towards the
1: end of the like our final choice yeah. in most from games, you know. That's what I figured that there's gonna be something like that. But I, don't, I this game is, and I'm still loving it. I'm getting really good at it now. Playing a lot on Vita, actually. Uh, believe it or not, it works out pretty well. Some of the mm. bosses that are faster wow. get tough because the the lag, but. So, do you guys yeah. think
2: that they were influenced by Neo's story being, like, a cohesive, cutscene-based uh, uh, voice actors and all that?
0: No, I think they or were more acting. influenced by Activision publishing it, if I'm being honest. Like, I think that, okay. because they, they've talked about, uh, Miyazaki had talked about that they wanted to work with Activision because of a lot of the tools and resources they have at their fingertips that not a lot of Japanese publishers have in terms of, like, uh, marketing and consumer information of, like, well, gamers tend to like this at the beginning of the game and this will help your game sell well. Those, like, m- my new businessy kind of things in terms of game design. Um, okay. There was, like, a whole uh, a very interesting piece of Miyazaki talking about that of, like, they wanted to specifically work with a Western publisher because of those tools yeah. that they have. Um, and I think... I, Isn't it weird that there's still that gap?
2: Like, that... Japanese developers or smaller publishers don't feel like they have those tools already at their disposal like we just feel like we're all playing the games that come out from great global developers but we don't realize that there's still some disconnect as far as uh, maybe engine tools you know like Square Enix finally
0: coming around to Unreal stuff like that I think it's I think it's really cool that we're in a state now where both western developers and eastern developers aren't They don't have their pride in the way so like there's some stuff that japanese developers do that cater to a japanese audience that western developers don't really do and we don't really see them have success in japan right and they're trying to get advice for that and like we just talked about there's japanese developers who are seeing a lot of these back-end metrics that these publishers have in the west that help for better game sales and just better like entry to a game's world and I think yeah. they're partially, obviously, probably inspired by games like Neo and, and that like, but from what Miyazaki was saying, I think he, they wanted this to feel like a more westernized narrative for a video game that we're used to. Um, yeah. I don't think that Bloodborne 2 will be like this. I think it'll still be more like okay. Bloodborne and Souls, but I do think that. Sekiro is their franchise to do this. Oh,
2: you know, you just said Bloodborne do like it's a thing. <laughs> like it's happening. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. Sorry. Uh, Dom, what else did you play? Just Sekiro.
1: That's it, dude. I mean, it's it's so it's so damn good. It's yeah. like I haven't felt like this, you know, um, since like Bloodborne <laughs> and then before that Dark Souls 1, right? That moment of like of you just feel good just uh, owning the combat and just playing it like learning, is yeah. just so good it's it's like, why just, didn't you mention dark souls
0: 3 uh, yeah. but like if you're comfortable with dark souls you can hop into dark souls 3 and be competent
1: but uh, yeah you're saying yeah, dark exactly. souls bloodborne like the differences yep yeah two and three i kind ah, of okay. <laughs> <that's not laughs> yeah, yeah, walk just walked through okay that's that's not fair yeah yeah just walk through no problem it wasn't it wasn't a whole different type of combat yeah. from one whereas bloodborne was very different you did have to learn a lot of new stuff um and then this is even more different yeah you have to constantly learn new stuff and and then having the different tools the prosthetic tools it's it's much different than you know like the magic or the different things in dark souls games like the the prosthetic tools are just like very deliberately functional if that makes sense they do specific things exactly how you think they would uh they really cool.
0: Speaking yeah. of the gorilla, like, so when you use the firecracker on the bull earlier in the game, it's like, oh, well, this works on animals. So when I went to go mm-hmm. fight the gorilla, I was like, he's an animal, so I wonder if this will work. So I equipped it, worked like a charm. And yep. then I was reading through the prosthetic tools, and I saw the umbrella. I don't, I'm, You have that one, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. And I, I was reading through and I was like, what would this be good for? And then when I found out that he had that terror attack where he screams, I tried it, and I was yeah. like, oh, hell yeah. Made everything a lot easier. It's cool to experiment with them and just reading them and applying them to combat. It totally makes sense. So I'm with you. There's
1: so many things like, and this game is definitely easier uh, than uh, the others. I'd say the other Souls games, but um, it just it still requires learning. Uh, But once you learn and like, I I don't know. I think it's faster and easier. You can get through a boss fight really quick, uh, just primarily because of the posture thing. If you can figure out a way to exploit an enemy's posture, then you don't even have to you know get most of their health i'm starting to get really good at that kind of shit now that i have like there's like a double uh overhead sword slash uh combat art you can do and it just it just wrecks posture and uh, i've been abusing that a lot now too there's just so much it's such a good game you guys
0: on top of that like vitality and uh not stamina posture because they're tied to like separate items and not you specifically leveling up um there's like a ton of prayer beads right and gourd seeds are pretty easy to find too if you just explore so they, yep. It is easier, but I still think the game is a challenge, you know, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um. um
1: so one last thing. I can't remember. Uh, that, let's move on. <laughs> uh, Jordan, what have you been playing? <laughs> um, so,
2: didn't play a whole lot. I did play some, though, and the game that I did play was Katana Zero. Oh, nice. Um, got several days in there, and... Uh, Finish several levels and then, um, yeah, I'd say that it is, um, I don't, I don't necessarily think I love it, but I like it a whole lot. Um, it's, yeah, I think it's a really good game. It's, uh, you know, 2D side scroller, uh, neon cyberpunk, um, fast paced, kind of like we were talking about, almost like a 2D second row in some ways. Um, And it's pretty much one-hit kill uh, for both you and your enemies, and you're just busted through these levels. And Jared, you had kind of talked about the story, how um, you're like uh, talking to this therapist, and he's giving you drugs, and you're working for this corporation. It's all very cyberpunk. Um, And it's clearly... Um, got some other things going on with the kind of glitchy trip type of stuff that's going on with you, your character. Um, So, yeah, it's cool. Um, The, I think you had mentioned that um, it's almost made so that you're um, just quickly jumping back in whenever you die and you can try uh, levels out a bunch of different ways. Um, I will say some of the levels get to the point where they almost feel like they should have a checkpoint um, because you have to do like complicated maneuvers to Mm -hmm. get through certain guys and then um, you want to be able to kind of experiment with this next set of guys that's in the really hard part of the level um, but then uh, you keep having to go through the entire thing just to get to that part. So... um, that would be nice, but, you know, maybe that's not what they wanted to do. Maybe they, you know, thought about it and decided against it, so.
0: My excuse for that would probably be, because this game was almost entirely made by one person, right? Which is impressive right. in its own right. <clears throat> um, sure. I mean, he didn't do the music, but, like, he did the most of the art and the programming, stuff like that. I assume it was just a way of, like, well, if they have checkpoints, then that would probably shorten the total play time and remove some of the challenge. I do agree yeah. with you, like, checkpoints would have changed it. I don't know if for better or worse, but it, I think, like you said, you want to, there's, like, sections of, like, easier enemies and sections of harder enemies, so you kind of have to go through, like, the simpler guys to get to the tougher guys, and if you die trying something, then you have to go all the way back to the beginning. And it can be yeah, frustrating. If
2: 15 times, then even yeah. the easy guys are annoying.
0: Yeah. I just think it's because of that, probably, but, I mean, that's right. not a...
2: It's one of those things where you can clearly tell that it the um, that's programmed into the game length. You know, yeah. you trying over and over again. Because, yeah, if you were doing these levels, you know, just a couple times, then you'd be done really quick. It'd be a 30, 45-minute game or something. I'm sure speedrunners will um, let us know. we we'll do that either way. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, once you've, you know, know... What kind of sequence of moves you need to use whether it's You know throwing uh, an item using your sword dashing um, Slowing down time, whatever it may be Once you can kind of figure out that sequence for each individual uh, Part of these levels these groups of guys that you're going against then um, Yeah, you it's almost uh, People have described it as kind of a puzzle game in that way so that part is interesting and then you also brought up the music. I'm glad you did because it's also really great and adds to that whole cyberpunk atmosphere, which um, I kind of predicted was going to be taking over in uh, entertainment, and media and it has in a way not quite as much it definitely didn't catch on the way I thought. Um, but there's still certainly an, um, a rising interest in it and a peaking interest in it. so Um, this is certainly part of that wave and, uh, one of the quality entries in that wave. So, um, the music absolutely has to do with that and they do a great job with it. Um, it's interesting to see these games that do the whole, um, pixelated look, the pixel art look, and they're meant to look like they could just be on a Super Nintendo, right? On a PlayStation one, something like that and um, they, it's interesting to see how some of these uh, certain developers go about um, using the user interface and the different uh, parts in the game like when you're burning the file Jared uh, of which guy you're about to assassinate um, yeah. different things like that like how deep they go into giving it this classic look and feel and I really like the cassettes um, that are tangible in the game where your character is actually, like, taking the cassette tape and putting it in his player, pressing play, and then you see it, see the little display come through with the artist name and the song on the bottom of the screen. I really enjoy that. So, um, this game has plenty of cool touches like that. The pixel art itself is beautiful. When you're in the, um, therapist's office, it's so intricately detailed. It's just this, you know, one wide shot of his, um, Opulent office, and uh, yeah, it's the attention to detail in this game. The uh, design, eye for design in this game is definitely there, and I'm uh, appreciating it quite a bit. So,
0: the fact that it's a mix um, of like cyberpunk and then samurai is getting really big now, too. So, like, it handles right. both of those, yeah,
2: yeah. And they they make so much sense together, you know, cyborg ninja and so many others. I think you kind of got that vibe.
0: Uh, well... It's in uh, Mortal Kombat, technically.
2: I'll ask you this question, Jared. Is Ronin a spoiler?
0: Uh, That's yeah. trailers. No,
2: that's in trailers. That's in trailers. So okay. when you have Ronin in Avengers Endgame, which, uh, basically, unfortunately, the whole Ronin part is in the trailer almost. Um, it's not that long, but, uh, that's from the comics, obviously, Hawkeye going to Japan and being the samurai and all these neon signs around him, you know, um, the actual comic Ronin itself—that's Samurai Jack. That's uh, well-worn territory. I wouldn't say in a bad respect, but um, it's they're kind of a peanut butter and chocolate thing. They go well together. So um, I certainly do appreciate the. The, both the Katana and the Zero, you know, the samurai <laughs> and the cyberpunk aspects yeah. of this game. Um, so besides that, I was kind of... Uh, kind of got myself in a bit of a tizzy for the preparation of Avengers Endgame, and um, of course I was going to rewatch Infinity War, but ended up also watching both Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok, which I... Um, I would say are two of the more recent entries that I wasn't, uh, thrilled upon that I felt like a lot of other people were, uh, thrilled upon uh, that I wasn't necessarily in love with, I guess. Um, and so I liked Black Panther a little bit more than the first time I watched it. Um, fucking Everett Ross, uh, uh Martin Freeman's character is still so blatantly pointless in that movie and really does take away from it in the end uh, because of his kind of just um, MCU addition you know just to be a connection to Civil War Um, and then I would say I like Thor Ragnarok quite a bit better but I will say Jared I know that plenty of people will disagree with me I still think that Infinity War is the funniest movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Funniest. Funniest. The funniest. Ah, interesting. The funniest. And I will also say about Endgame, no spoilers, it's obviously a more serious movie. Everybody knows that. But even when they are joking, I would say that the jokes are like, uh, they're clearly written by the same people and, and they're the same vibe as Infinity War, but they're not quite as funny. Like, I think Infinity War, watching it just the other day, it still cracked me up like so, there's so many good jokes, and I think that they can get lost in the shuffle when it comes to this gi- this gigantic, uh, epic situation that they're in, these circumstances that they're dealing with. I can get that, but I just feel like if you're actually, if you just take the jokes out and you just look at them individually, like Infinity War has uh, almost like a hundred jokes that are just fucking laugh out loud funny. So, what do you think, Jared?
0: Uh, I, I see Thor Ragnarok, I think is funny, but I do think when people say it's the funniest movie in the MCU, I don't think it's like that clear cut.
2: Oh, uh, okay. So you I, love Thor Ragnarok though, right?
0: I do, but I don't, I'm not one of those people that's say, like, oh, it's the funniest movie in the MCU. Okay. It's so very I'm, funny. I'm,
2: that's interesting. That's very interesting that you don't necessarily agree with the consensus about the humor.
0: Yeah. I think it's very funny, but for me, like I personally find, it is funny. Ed, I find the first Ant-Man really funny. Uh, yeah. I think the first Guardians uh. is really funny too. Guardians
2: 1 and 2 for me are fucking hilarious. And I will say that's why Infinity War is the funniest because you have all the Russo jokes throughout the movie, which are very well written, but then you have the James Gunn uh, Guardians of the Galaxy writing, which is fucking hilarious. Like Drax acting like he's invisible because he stands still and Peter Quill trying to deepen his voice when he's trying to like look like... As good as Thor, because everybody's worshiping him when he crashes into their ship. There's so <laughs> yeah. many. I'm
0: not mocking you. You're me mocking me. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. There's um. so
2: many fucking hilarious movies, like or hilarious jokes in that movie, um, just in the Guardians part.
0: So, I, I agree. Infinity War is funny. Uh, no spoilers. I think Endgame is pretty funny as well. I think. The reason why I think Thor Ragnarok stands out for people is because it is so Taika Waititi, so it feels different in that way. Absolutely so I think people yeah. people put different humor for the best humor. And I think maybe yep. because the Russo brothers have done so well with humor throughout their films, um, people are kind of used to it in some way. So, yeah, but yep. I, I'm with you. I think Infinity War has a case for the funniest. For me... Not necessarily, it'd probably be Guardians 1 or Ant-Man, but I'm with you that I don't think Thor Ragnarok is like the cream of the crop in terms of comedy in the MCU.
2: Yeah, so I'll close out by giving you my top five MCU funniest movies. Okay. Number one, (laughs) Avengers Infinity War. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number four is going to be Thor Ragnarok, and then I would say Ant-Man comes in at number five.
0: That's a good list. Mine wouldn't be exactly the same, but I I dig it. There's I don't have any hot takes on your top five funniest MCU yeah. films
2: because I I I can appreciate that other people appreciate the like New Zealand awkward improv comedy in yeah. Ragnarok, and there's a lot of parts that are fucking hilarious. But I just think the jokes in Infinity War and uh, the Guardians movies are so well written and obviously so well acted. That's what you know, brings them to life. So, there you go.
0: you, I mean, top five funniest movies. Who'd have thought that before uh, he was introduced into Guardians that Batista would be one of the funniest improv actors in Hollywood? Yeah. A lot of yeah. his drag stuff is improvised, and not all of it hits, but a lot of it does, and it's really funny. Um, you should both fight with knives. <laughs> uh, yes, with knives. So for me, I didn't actually play a whole lot. Played a little bit of Sekiro. I'm, like I told you, Dom, I'm near the end, so I think we probably will finish around the same time, sometime this coming week. Uh, Katano Zero, I didn't get a chance to hop back in. Jordan, I think that'll probably mm. be finished by next week as well. From what I heard, it's not a yeah, very long game. I was expecting short. one, but yeah. Um, oh, uh, Reigns Game of Thrones, the, the game I was telling you guys about, yeah. uh, where you like make choices and stuff. I unlocked all nine characters in it, and it's really nice. cool because... I don't know if I mentioned this when I was talking about it, but every time you start a new reign with the character, there's three objectives that pop up. And it's like, meet the mysterious warrior or find out who's been hiding in the dungeon. And a lot of those goals lead to you unlocking the other characters that you can have reigns with. Um, But some of them are character-specific. So, like, there's a goal to find out who killed Cersei's men. And in order to get to the path where you can get to the investigation part of finding it out, you have to have somebody who can... Be in the good graces of the Lannisters to some extent, so it's a goal that you can pretty much only get to by using Tyrion or Jaime. So like, if you start with like Jon Snow or Daenerys or something, you're not going to really be able to get to that goal. And there's a ton yeah. of goals in the game um, for different characters and stuff. It's it's really fun. Um, obviously, it's not like super in depth, but in this zeitgeist of Game of Thrones, it's just another cool way to interact with that universe and make decisions that you probably wouldn't see on the show, right? Um, yeah, I did check it out
2: because, you know, you brought it up and all that. Um, I didn't realize how simplistic it was of a card game.
0: It's a Tinder. Um, yeah, it's a Tinder. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's like yeah. swipe left, swipe right. Uh, so it's still cool, and I can see, I can totally dig the vibe, but uh, I wasn't, even though it's super cheap, I was still like, yeah, I think I've got plenty to play, and this is not necessarily piquing my interest, it's- so...
0: It's a mobile game on that came to Switch. It's not a Switch game that started on mobile. You know? Um, right, right, The cool That's thing is, w- one thing I didn't know about is there's these secrets you can find out about that help you make the right decisions. And there are these specific, like, little chunks of information you find out from people that are really important. And they'll be mm. in your pause menu and tell you, like, specific things. So, for instance, I've unlocked one of them. And it's never trust somebody who shifts their eyes. So... Uh, in my reigns campaigns now sometimes characters will come up and tell me about something but on the card their eyes will animate and they'll be very shifty so it's something I pay attention to now because I know that they're not necessarily telling me the truth which gives me a leg up in terms of choosing and talking to them right um, and that's and something I didn't have, like, know about at the beginning of the game for
2: eyes too, is the yeah so
0: they like, shift left and right it's very weird especially because they are like three pixels on each side yeah. um, but it is a cool little bit of information And, yeah, it's not a super in-depth game. It's just something I'll pick up when I have, like, five minutes, you know. Um, Mm. And the campaigns are, they're not, like, super vastly different, but you do get a certain flavor with each character. Like, with Sansa, a lot of times you're told, like, go back to Winterfell or, you know, what should we do with Jon or Sam? And, like, with Daenerys, uh, one of the cool things with Daenerys is that you have uh, some decisions to make whether to go back to... Marine because Dario Naharis is like in trouble. Some really cool stuff. Um, like I said, just we haven't have gotten a great or even good AAA Game of Thrones game, so there's anything to play in the meantime, man. We got that weird RPG that came out a long time ago that wasn't very good. Other than that, we haven't gotten anything, so. The Telltale game you, is alright. Yeah, yeah, did take, you enjoy yeah. the Telltale game? Yeah, I completely forgot about that. I wouldn't consider that AAA though.
2: You know, nah. Oh, absolutely yeah. not! You know I wouldn't. Either, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. I but, think I was higher yeah, than a lot of people.
0: A lot of people were like kind of down. I on think it, weirdly.
2: I can't think of a Game of Thrones game that's been better received. I know there was like there was supposed to be, uh, like a Game of Thrones RPG on the PS3 gen, but I don't think that was very well received at all.
0: I think it came in like in the 60s for Metacritic. Which we'll be talking oh, about in a couple of seconds in terms of a new game that came out, not in the '60s, but where it landed on Metacritic. Um, I think that's everything for me. Uh, we're not gonna we, we talked to each other about Endgame before we started. We're not gonna really mention anything here because we're recording literally the day after it premiered. Um, but yeah, uh, I would suggest if you're interested in the MCU at all, definitely go watch it. I don't know why you even <laughs> tell you to go watch it, which is weird. But yeah. um, it, it, even from whether you like the movie or not. Uh, not us I'm just saying people in general this is like a really cool like, culturally defining moment the only other time in my life I can think of something like this big was episode 1 for Star Wars obviously that movie wasn't great but I remember how excited people were that that movie that Star Wars had returned um, and the culmination of this being 11 years 21 films it's really cool
1: So. well I'm going to quick jump off that and be like and I'm going to say episode 1 was great <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. not the point. I don't know. But wanna... in addition to what <laughs> <laughs> um in addition to that, um I I I've not been big into the MCU, but it's super, super awesome to see this kind of thing become so mainstream to where most people in my office today are talking about it, right? Um, yeah. it's and that's not something I... that is is so much looked on as, as weird to talk about at work in a professional well, office setting anymore. I mean, depending on where you're at, of course, uh, and the age of the people you work with. But it's cool to see that start to uh, permeate into regular conversations. Like, it's just the next thing. Um, Like, you talk about it like you talk about the weather or other adult things, right? It's just a – it's not, you know, relegated. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was a little Um, bit sad watching it because I was like, you know – if I'm being selfish, I would like uh, Justice League to be having this situation go yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I am, yeah. I've, you know, this, the MCU has gotten me to fall in love with the Avengers in a lot of ways. And so for hardcore Marvel people, I'm very happy for them.
0: Well, that's a crazy thing too. I, I want to get to the news because we definitely have a hard out on this podcast, but... Um, a lot of people forget that the Avengers were popular before the MCU, but Justice League was more popular than the Avengers oh, yeah. were by oh, yeah. far, um, yeah. because of... I didn't country. even know. That's
2: the weird thing is, like, yeah. as popular as the MCU is and as shitty as the DC movies are, Justice League is still huge, you know? And so, it's not inconceivable that we couldn't have a situation like this for Justice League, and that's what
1: makes it so sad, but... I think... Yeah, to prove think your point, Jared... Yeah. I hadn't even heard, I didn't even know what the Avengers was until the movie came out in, like, 2012, and I was with a bunch of guys I was playing hockey with at the time, <laughs> and we were looking for something to do, and we said, "Oh, well, well, let's go see the Avengers, and I'm like, what's that? Like, oh, it's, like, you know, Captain America and Iron Man. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know Iron Man, but I'm like, I didn't know that they had, like, a their own version of the Justice League it was literally the thought in my head. Yeah. So I think that's a good point.
0: Well, that's the unfortunate thing, I think, with DC, too, is because I think they felt that, like, oh, well, Justice League is so popular, we don't really need to take the same steps that the, that Marvel did to create the MCU. We could just do a couple of movies and jump Oof. right into the team-up. And that Oof. backfired heavily. So, My man! Um, <laughs> uh, let's talk about some news. Uh, first up, Days Gone released. Um, it's currently sitting at a 72 on Metacritic, so it's not terrible. Um, it's about what I expected. I don't remember, I know Dom, you were looking forward to playing it, but I don't know where you, you fell in terms of how you felt that it was going to review.
1: Yeah. And Metacritic is interesting because this is one where I think most of the reviews are in the seven something range. There's a couple eights, but then there's also like a couple fives and sixes. So like, it's not, some people thought it was straight up like bad well, and that an some people thought it was good. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it, it averages out, but. There were more, there were some you know professional reviewers or whatever who thought it was straight up just not good. So I mean it, you got to look at it. But I'm interested in it. Um, I mean I like zombie games and uh, I loved Sons of Anarchy and um, and the corniness of that. Like there's that one line going around that uh, I oh, thought was God, funny, that thing, but
0: that thing makes me cringe. I'm not a fan of that. What word, is but, it? Uh, what is it? They're at so their wedding ceremony a... and the girl, his <laughs> wife or whatever says or. His fiance at the time says uh i hope you ride me like your motorcycle or
1: something like that right yeah I'm as much as you ride your your motorcycle oh, which is ugh. it's like intentionally corny and is it's something that like uh, sons of anarchy or days Both. gone this isn't days Both. gone yeah so they said that in that show too in sons um and they all like and it's at a biker wedding and like all the guys are just like you know they crack up like ah oh, yeah you know it's like a just a joke that apparently is common, um, and that kind of Jesus thing. But it sounds bad out of context gross. when you just see the meme. You're like, oh, well, that's done. And if you don't, okay, yeah. But I'm I don't just know. imagining like a
2: bunch of. <laughs> I hate to be this guy, but a bunch of old white dudes that are like really <laughs> that's basically the Sons of Anarchy show. That's like,
0: well, the director probably, of Days Gone is like a Sons of Anarchy super fan. Um, That's what I'm saying.
2: and so all these dudes are like, bro, what if we put zombies in sons of the <laughs> That we call seems them to be what it is, from what I'm I read into it, dude but. from what I read,
0: the the big issues with it are that it suffers from some performance um, yeah. problems mm-hmm. so, And uh, in terms of gameplay that the the game feels a little bit too long and it feels bloated in terms of like side missions and stuff. Um, yeah. but it isn't it isn't. I don't think it's a, a unfortunate game in the sense of like Crackdown 3 where that mm. game felt unfinished and hollow. I think this game right. is the opposite of them bloating the game and maybe tr- putting too much into the game and sacrificing working out the performance kinks. Because we knew about the performance of even from early previews. People were talking about even like Brandon Jones from Easy Allies had mentioned framerate issues. Michael Huber had mentioned that it stuttered a bit and there was some uh, pop-in issues um, during previous I assumed it was gonna launch with those but um the reason Speaking I wanted to bring this up
2: I was just gonna say about the performance issues. That whole thing just kinda wraps it up for me. Like this looks definitely like a game when the DLC's out, when they fix the performance issues. Yeah. When it's on sale for twenty or thirty, it's 30 bucks, bucks. Yeah. <laughs> for the complete edition or whatever, I'll be mm-hmm. like hell yeah, I'm down for that but uh, Me too. Right now it's just it's kind of maybe it's not a swimming in sevens maybe it is an eight that just has bugs and is a little too long but you know like watching the um, easy allies review and the uh, NPCs like the way that they like almost like PS3 uh, characters and like they're even worse than the stiff ones in Horizon Zero Dawn which is the other you know Sony first party RPG ish type of game that we've been getting recently And um, those were rough. So um, they were like really high res, but they were rough. They were very stiff. So um, this game is one of those ones where it's maybe not necessarily a full miss, but they didn't knock it out of the park for sure.
0: I just think this this game started development at a time when, if this game would have released at that time, I think it would have been received a lot more favorably. But I think in many ways, like we saw with, um, Fallout 4 and these other titles, even Kingdom Hearts 3 to an extent, they're games that are just were released out of the time in which they would have thrived, like the, the industry's kind of evolved past them, you know, and we expect more from games Um that being said, it's still... I mean, I don't think a low 70 is a bad game. For me, personally, it's like, I'll never play this game just because we talk never. about this all the time, Jordan. It's too much else. There's so much stuff. There's so much, yeah. like, quote-unquote good stuff that I have to pass on. I'm not going to take the time to play this in exchange for something else. You know what I mean? Which kind of sucks, but it's yeah. just the, the way it's That's true. I,
2: I don't necessarily know that I'll ever get to it, so I shouldn't be too...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I only, I only will because, like I said, I love, like, the two you're so interested two settings yeah (coughs) it's like okay then that will like Mm. hopefully make you know allow me to somewhat overlook some of the you know maybe it's not the greatest uh, gameplay or you know rewarding type stuff or whatever else but this also makes me this one was one that I obviously wanted to like a lot and I might have picked it up sooner um, if it you know maybe reviews were a good point or two on average better but it just reminds me of uh, a bit of Crackdown a bit of uh, Mass Effect Andromeda and like how we kind of jump in on this meme culture and kind of like to just shit on things (laughs) that uh, there's, then there's one thing like when we're talking about it and like we're literally discussing reviews and the stuff people said they don't like about it and stuff like that. But then there's like passing around memes out of context, making fun of shit um, without even having knowing much about it or having actually read reviews or whatever it is. And that stuff is like legitimately affecting the perception of the game. And I don't know. It's not to say like, we shouldn't critique things, we should, but if they know, are some people are weird about it. You there know, is the like opposite the, end
0: of the two. My face,
2: ahead. what is it? My face is tired from Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, uh, yeah. And, like, they uh-huh. can't, the characters literally can't move their faces. You know, that's meme-worthy. Or the, the, the stare thing wanna, where, they like,
0: squat walk at, before they pass I want off. you
2: to ride me more than your motorcycle or the Assassin's Creed Unity uh, fucking... Hair and eyeballs and teeth, but no head.
0: (laughs) Or the MLB show freaky face thing. Um, Meme worthy. Oh, God.
2: Yeah, and uh, NBA. They have some scary, like, creative face.
0: Oh, (laughs) yeah,
2: creative Um, player.
0: The last thing I'll add before we move on, Dom, is there's also an opposite end of that where there's these entitled – and I'm not saying this is only a Sony thing. This happens with – there was people like this with Crackdown 3 as well. But there's these, enti- and I think it's more drastic with PlayStation because of the stellar track record they have with the exclusives. That different expectations. D- Days yeah. Gone came out and it reviewed mediocre, right? They're like, well, your review is, is, doesn't make sense. There's no way a Sony exclusive should be rated this low. You're just hating on PlayStation, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. So there's the opposite end of that of, like, people defending it to a crazy extent. It's like... Dude, Definitely. you don't think Sony was bound to have a game that didn't hit? Like <laughs> the fact that they were on their streak was something we hadn't really yeah. seen. Isn't is super impressive. So it was like this weird entitled thing. Um, like like I said, this happens with Xbox too. It's not just the PlayStation yeah. thing. It happens with Nintendo as well. But I think because there's a sense of entitlement for a group of the audience, they felt that the there's no way this game should have reviewed that badly, which is a weird mm-hmm.
2: honestly. Sense. I don't... I mean, maybe they couldn't get the game running, but how did this game need to come out now? Like, how did this game... How was this game not ready a year ago? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as long as it. That's working a whole question with Bend. As, yeah. Yeah. They are a smaller studio. I, you know, I'm not convinced that... And it doesn't seem that anyone else is, I guess, but it doesn't... I don't get the vibe that Bend is anywhere near on the talent level of some of the other Sony first party studios like Sucker Punch, Naughty Dog obviously Insomniac's not first party but making the games the Sony exclusives like that like Spider-Man, obviously I just don't think they're anywhere near that level so um, it's only unfortunately probably going to continue to show if they're releasing games alongside of God of War like Santa Monica's game for example so
0: I mean the argument to that too is like what if Ben was trying to do that and they didn't have the resources so they pulled themselves too thin and because of that you got a game like this right? Like they were trying to be those studios when they should have realized they weren't you know and should have yeah, had a different scope but there's scope just for a, a lot
2: about there's a lot about this game that doesn't screen creativity or um, imagination like some of the other games do at the very least you know that's what Media Molecule has right? But, like, when Naughty Dog does The Last of Us, they're not just doing a zombie twist. They're doing a whole other thing that you're... You got to play it to comprehend. You know, you got to experience to comprehend. And this does not seem like that. I'm not saying that they just copied Naughty Dog. But this is not a Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, this is not, like, a brand new, like, wait, what's happening? This is, you know, cavemen after... uh, we've gone extinct and they're fighting technological dinosaurs or whatever, like freakers and a guy on, you know, Sons of Anarchy. Some guy watched Sons of Anarchy and was like, oh man, I like zombies too. Well, the crazy thing there
0: is like whether or not people like Sons of Anarchy or not, it's still a kind of niche thing, right? Like I've heard people Uh who love Sons of Anarchy, but it never exploded like culturally, like huge so it's like you're right. mixing a, a, a niche thing with zombies who are kind of on the way down. It's it's a very interesting case. I hope it sells well for Bend. Uh, it's interesting to see where they go from here. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention, Dom won the prediction. Uh, out of the three games, mm-hmm. uh, Dom picked Yoshi's Crafted World. I picked Days Gone, and Jordan picked Crackdown 3, which one would have the highest review. Dom won. Yoshi's Crafted World had an 80 Man, Obviously I was, I was <laughs> pulling the wild card on that one. Well, I was I was negative on Days Gone but I still thought it was gonna review higher because it is a Sony exclusive and I was wrong. Um yeah. next up, Square Enix. Uh they announced their conference. They're gonna be taking over PlayStation's E3 slots. So they're gonna be at six PM Monday, June tenth. Um people think that oh, they're taking over PlayStation spots, so they must have big things to show. I'm being cautiously optimistic. I don't think people are like, oh, we're going to yeah, see weird Avengers. Assumption. We're going to see yeah. Final Fantasy VII. We're going to see Final Fantasy XVI. Um, yeah. People forget that say, last man, year, they had that weird, like it was like a deaf guy game. Remember that? They had that during their conference. I forgot what it was called. Yeah.
2: We obviously don't know what the future of the Avengers movie franchise is after Endgame, but if you don't start showing this video game off, the magic is only going to be fading. Like, I don't think that Avengers 5 is going to be coming around anytime soon. I right? know. Oh, I'm with and you on that. so, man. like, you need to cash in while Avengers 4 is still a thing. And that means this year, at least, reveal-wise. So, fucking get on it, Square Enix.
0: Well, and the crazy thing is they're coming after... There's no Sony, so they're coming after Microsoft. And we know that they're going to want to have something on Microsoft's show. So, how are they going to... If they do show Avengers, are they going to do a uh, slight reveal for Microsoft, and then gameplay for them. It's going to be weird how mm. they shifted around and figured it out. Um, because out of the third-party partners, I guess U- Ubisoft doesn't really show up on Microsoft stage that much. EA does, but EA always comes before Microsoft, so they don't really have that issue, right? Um, mm. This is going to be weird, because like, what does Square Enix decide to show at Microsoft's? They do have the partnership we've seen, multiple Square games on Microsoft's conference, whether that be... Um, awesome Captain Underpants, or whatever the hell that game was called. The, the Captain like adventure. Captain Underpants. The the prequel to Life is Strange 2. <laughs> Captain yeah. Spirit. Captain yeah. Spirit. There you go. <laughs> Captain um, Underpants is what Greg Kingdom Hearts what he three. It. Even Final Fantasy uh, fifteen we saw on Microsoft Stage Show. We'll see what happens yeah. there. Um, next up, Metal we have a Gear pair of
2: Raiden. I'll <laughs> never forget that.
0: We have a pair of Persona Five. Uh, Stories that broke people's hearts. Oh, so first off, Persona 5 Royal Stole was announced.
2: People's hearts, Jared. <laughs> oh!
0: Uh, Persona 5 Royal is going to release later this year in Japan, and will come to the West in 2020. It'll feature and what characters. what is
2: It'll... Persona 5 Royal, Jared.
0: Well, it's basically a deluxe version of the game. That'll feature. They say new characters. Specifically, they said one new character that's a female that'll be a part of your group. Uh, a new stu- a transfer but, student? Jared, when
2: I say what is Persona 5 Royal, I mean, tell me about all the features that I'm going to be enjoying on my Nintendo Switch when this new version uh,
0: Well, comes it's out. not coming. It's actually a PlayStation exclusive. Um, Jared, <laughs> what are you saying
2: right now? Also are you telling me that I'm not going to be able to play Persona 5 on the Nintendo Switch after I'm already playing Joker in Smash Bros.?
0: Well, I'll wait for the next story because there was a Persona 5 S okay. reveal okay. that we'll okay. talk about that could possibly. I'm just I'm leading I'm leading
2: <laughs> the audience here.
0: Yeah, uh, the Persona 5 Royale will also feature royal I don't know if I said Royale. Royale with cheese. It'll also fe- uh, feature <laughs> a third semester, um, and they also talked about a graphics upgrade to 4K and overhauled for PS4 Pro. Remember, play, uh, Persona 5 was a technically a PS3 game, so this Dude, is really yeah. awesome for people. <laughs> um,
2: it's awesome, but like. Is that necessary? I will say, this game came out after the PS4 Pro, and it was one of the first games where it was like, yeah, this is
1: not, a, it's it's just the same. You know, yeah, it's not, I think the, we got it. the big question, though, here is, like, is this a new $60 game, and if you want these enhanced features, you're going bought Persona 4 or 100%. Persona 5 on PS4, you got to buy another $60 game. You don't just get, you know what I mean? That, to me, is kind of, like, fucking dumb. Some 100%. companies will do an upgrade system like that. Yeah.
0: With this, though, with I'm the... Saying, I don't know. I think they 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 know their JRPG audience. So they're like, we can get another 60. Out but of Dom,
2: I will say, to their credit, when, and they've obviously done this before with the Persona games, when they do this, they insert a new character into the game. So it's not like... It almost is a, a totally different game where, like, <clears throat> not all... You can't really play as that character, right? Like, that's not the main character, but... They're, I guess I feel like they're changing it up enough to where they can kind of almost right. justify it. I don't it, yeah. agree with them doing that. I think you should be able to upgrade it, but it's like, yeah, if you guys are kind of like changing up the entire main story, and then like you said, adding a third semester, which is not just like uh, story expansion. That's like
1: substantial. The way
2: the way that time works, and you know your days that you. You do with all that um, in Persona. That's pretty in depth, I guess. Is
0: what I'm um, going to say. The That's second, good then. the second story. Persona 5s. People thought this might be the Switch version. Okay. Sadly, they were wrong. Uh, people thought, oh, Persona. Jerry, 5- you're telling me that Persona 5s doesn't stand for Switch? It doesn't even stand for Stadium, a Persona fighting game. What it stands for is Scramble. Yes, you heard that right, Scramble. This will be a Persona Muso Jeez. game. What everyone wanted. Um, oh my god, you're talking Hyrule Warriors Persona Edition? Koei, Tecmo, and Atlas coming together for a game nobody wants. Uh, yeah. So
2: this is a legit thing. This is not just them making a fake version of that. This is like a Hyrule Warriors legit crossover.
0: I'm the wrong person to ask for that from what I the, the trailer I saw, I think.
2: Well, you you were <laughs> just saying, Koei, like the actual company they're doing it with, right? Yes, yes. Um, okay, so yeah, this is, oh man. But no Switch version, okay.
0: Uh, I, yeah. Sad I won't be playing Persona 5 anytime soon, because uh, I was hoping to You're play not, on Switch. You have a PS4! Yeah, but I, it's just a game I'd rather play on the Switch, man. Yeah, me too.
2: I feel you. <laughs> so what if it never comes? We, this was, I feel like, this was the window, man. We miss it. I, I'm, this is getting to be like Bloodborne 2, where it's like, well, we had our chance, it didn't happen. I, I'm... Give it up, then
0: I'll play Persona 6 on PS5. Uh, um,
2: but you won't use the PlayStation 4 that you already have to play PS5? Because
0: uh, it hasn't been on sale enough for me to justify it in terms of like buying a game I'm interested in that's new as opposed to going back and Dude, playing it.
2: in a year, Royal Edition will be 20 or 30 bucks. What do you say, Jared?
0: Well, yeah, I'll probably buy that then, yeah, for sure. But okay. with the announcement yeah. of Royal now, I'm not going to buy Persona 5 for 30 bucks. You know, when this one's right around the corner. Um,
2: I won't say that they're if you play Persona 5 Royal Edition you've played Persona 5 they're not that different oh yeah you know yeah what
0: I mean, it's just like I, why wouldn't I just wait for the deluxe edition uh, deluxe Absolutely. edition then you know um, yeah. let's hop into these March MPDs for 2019 we're going to go over some news and noteworthy stuff actually we'll start with the top five uh, and then we'll go to the news and noteworthy so uh, Dom normally you take a look at the list beforehand have
1: you seen these I actually did not know.
0: okay cool this will be good So, uh, the top five for March, specifically, okay? do you guys have any guesses? I'll give you this hint. It's a 2018 Uh, game.
1: Top five for March. Oh, really? For number five?
0: Yeah, for number five. It's a 2018 game, a console exclusive. Oh, really? Let's not keep this going too long, so kind of be a little bit quicker. Spider-Man? No.
1: No.
0: No, uh, Smash Brothers. Yes. Smash Brothers coming out. Oh yeah, because of... DLC because because everyone
2: was so excited about the Persona DLC (laughs) and then getting Persona Five on the Switch. Yep, Uh, number four. This came
0: out this year. Uh, It's a a return to form for a series.
2: If you want this to go quick, I don't know Uh, if you're going about. It's a Japanese
0: game that came out this year. Return to form. (laughs)
2: return to form sekiro?
0: No. Cuz return to form signifies that like they had a slump. I don't really count Deracine, so I wouldn't say that it was like return to form, you know. Yeah, I just really think form of just mean like they've made a different type
1: of game to What me. I'm
0: saying in, when I say it, I'm saying like the last version of the, the last entry in the franchise wasn't super well received. Wasn't, okay.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. Uh Devil
0: May Cry. Yep, Devil May Cry 5. There you um, go. Number 3, MLB The Show. You guys aren't gonna guess that so i'm just gonna answer that yeah. one. Um, i got one and two for sure number two this game has anthem.
2: all major league baseball teams
0: in it <laughs> number two this is a return to form in jordan's sense of the definition so it's not anthem no i said return yeah. to form
2: <laughs> this is a studio doing the type of game that they're used to doing
0: yes We'll came out in march come on now
2: if I, know, man, I haven't
1: been paying that much attention. You j- you said it too. earlier,
0: Jordan. Oh god,
1: something, <laughs> something Ubisoft. Yeah. No,
0: come on, guys. When it came out, in March. So many games. Sekiro. Kingdom Hearts Sekiro is number March, two. No. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. Shit. Remember we talked about? It sold three million copies in its first
1: three days. I'm for, I'm yeah. getting hung up on. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of the whole year. Like yeah. Anthem must be number two of the year thus far. We'll talk about that next. But just March. Number gotcha.
0: one, this is... Ubisoft released the game in March. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is that? Is that? Sad? No. no.
0: Come on, you know what, what game they... they released in March. It's a sequel to the game that came out the week we started this podcast. Oh, Division. Yeah, Fucking Division uh, 2.
1: Jesus. You're right, man. Scold me for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. So now, top, uh, top five Wait, for 2019.
1: Far Cry New... What is it called? No. Came out this year, though, right?
0: Yeah. I think that was February, okay. though. That, I think that was yeah, February, that was yeah, yeah, like it's 16th it's or true. something. Okay. Um, okay. What was it called? New Dawn? New Dawn. I think, I think you're right like... on that, yeah. Um, I'm just going to go through these top five for 2019. So this isn't the last 12 months. This is from January 1st to um, the end of March. Number uh, Secro's at number eight on this list. It was in the top five, but I wanted to mention it because it's pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. And remember, Sekiro came out with the 26th, I want to say, right? The end of March. So in five days, it became number eight, which is cool. Obviously, a lot of these numbers will get pushed back when the fall games come, which are the big boys. But uh, number five, Red Dead Redemption 2, no surprise. Number four, RE2 Remake, still holding in. Awesome. Number three, Anthem. Yes. Number two, The Division 2. Division. So that came Ah. in and swept and came to number two. And still holding strong at number one, boys, Kingdom Hearts 3. Crazy.
1: Crazy. That much, I did read ahead of time. I, I, they had a it's tweet weird. about it or something. something I think
0: like, Division 2 will pass it, <laughs> if I'm yeah, being honest with like
1: you. So we'll anthem. Yeah. I honestly feel
2: like some of these big sellers this year are still pretty niche games. I understand that Kingdom Hearts is a Final Fantasy Disney crossover that's a big pull, but uh, that and Sekiro have uh, an air about them that could ward off potential Onlookers, so yeah, um, fair. I think that um, it's a little bit surprising to me that they are doing that successfully, and that you know it's multiple in the same. Uh,
0: what well, with Sekiro? First part of the year. I don't think it'll be in the top ten by the end of the year. Obviously, no, the sure. Kingdom Hearts three one is actually really impressive. I think the Sekiro one is like really oh, yeah. cool, but like it won't be there. The Kingdom Hearts three yeah. thing for it to be number one still in in March, I think it's. I think I'm just Anthem will for
2: these games for me, I'm still surprised that they oh yeah, as well.
0: yeah. Um, obviously, Jedi Fallen Order will be up there. The new Call of Duty will be up there. It's going to be. I'm, I'm interested to see how Super Mario Maker Two sells. That one's going to be.
2: I'm interested to see about
0: Fallen Order actually. I think with the Star Wars I mean, license, it'll definitely end in top five. But I think if it gets like good yeah. reviews, I think it could sell like hotcakes, especially with Episode Nine a month later, and it comes out what three days yeah. after The Mandalorian a lot of star wars happening at the end of the year and a month before episode um, nine guys i
2: gotta be honest with you right now i fucking need the mandalorian to be good (laughs) i know (laughs) i need the mandalorian to be good i just do it's like that i'm not I, i care about episode nine okay but i'm not banking on episode nine if the mandalorian isn't good i'm i'm a little worried
0: we yeah uh Let's get to these news and noteworthies real quick. We're running out of time, so I want to make sure to cover everything. Um, so news and noteworthy, just chime in if you have something to say. Kingdom Hearts 3 is now the best-selling game in the franchise. That's awesome, as to be expected. Hmm. Um, yep. PlayStation, uh, some of these aren't necessarily MPDs. They're just sales figures that I lumped in because it made sense to lump them in. Uh, PlayStation 5 now has shipped 96 million units uh, worldwide. Remember, shipped is different than sold, but it's still very impressive. Um 96 million? Almost to 100. I was an idiot for saying it wouldn't reach that. What an idiot. 2017, Jared. What an idiot. Um, The PS5 will not release during this fiscal year, uh, ending April 30th, 2020. This was actually confirmed by a Sony representative. Um, So I don't think this is huge news for us three because we all assume fall 2020. But there were a lot of people who felt that there was a possibility of it coming out uh, the first um quarter of 2020 so this kind of puts those thoughts to rest on the fact that it was confirmed by a sony representative makes it clear and cut um the nintendo switch was a best-selling hardware for both march and the first quarter of 2019 once again we talked about not surprising it's the one console that's on an upswing where the other two are ending their generation cycles Um, it led in both unit and dollar sales um, which is also important because it's cheaper than the Pro and the X. Um, it's on par mm. with the Xbox One S and the regular, the PlayStation S or Slim or whatever. That's like three hundred. Riders at
1: two fifty. I think it depends on the storage size.
0: Yeah, but like MSRP flat, like the the normal. You're
1: talking one? about PS Four. Yeah,
2: Slim. Yeah, PS4 I think three hundred. Oh, PS Four Slim only comes one terabyte. Okay. Oh. Okay.
0: Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> um, lastly, Nintendo Switch Online has uh, 34... Uh, sorry, I wrote this wrong. Nintendo Switch has sold 34 million units worldwide. Um, which is good. Estimations for the Xbox, I think, are around like 45. Like Between 42 and 45 is the last thing I saw. So it's catching up yeah. to that. Um, and obviously we just talked about PlayStation 5 shipping 96 million, which isn't sold, but um, close enough. Um... And lastly, Nintendo Online has 9.0 million accounts. Um, and then uh, that's excluding trial accounts because you know there's the trial for it, like the is it 1 week yeah. or 1 month or whatever it is. Um, so if you look at those numbers, it's sold 34 million units and it has 9.8 million accounts, so it's more than 25% clearly. Um, which is interesting because I guess that be smash, right, and Mario Kart pushing that. I don't yeah, think like definitely. the NES games are really pushing online at this point Yeah. the small catalog. I will say
2: the biggest thing about the online for me is the fact that you can't chat through your console. It doesn't make it But any you have
0: a companies. in the words of in the words of uh of the Diablo mobile developers, you have a cell phone, don't you?
2: <laughs> yeah. But it's not even something I care about, but yeah. it's obviously and I know a lot of people use Discord, okay. I I fucking get that, but that doesn't it doesn't matter if a lot of people use Discord. More people, uh, there's a lot of Switch users is what I'm trying to say that don't have Discord, and they shouldn't have to have Discord because they should be able to chat through their online account on the console that they've already bought.
0: As dumb as it sounds, so. achievements would make me sign up for a year. One hundred percent. Oh, um, you're not
2: on this shit.
0: No, I don't have online. I don't yeah, need I'm to not either
2: fucking Yeah. Alright, I'm gonna start calling you the Edge because that's where you live, Jared. <laughs> with
1: those saves, not in the cloud, just hanging out on the edge. Oh, yeah. We're the majority. We're the twenty five million tier nine of switch owners.
0: <laughs> well, 24. because so it's So You don't have your
1: saves in the cloud either, Dom. Correct. I live on the wild
2: are side. Straight up just like <laughs> Toes curled up over the edge, just wondering. Just wait.
0: Well, the thing is, is I, yeah,
2: I'm sure nothing will happen. I'm not <laughs> um, actually thinking anything will happen. So
0: for Dom's sake, we're going to be closing out the show rather quickly so we can get going where he needs to go. But before we go, in terms of what we're going to be playing, I'm hoping to finish Sekiro and Katana Zero, and uh, start up my Xbox version of uh, Hollow Knight as well. That's pretty much it for me. Oh. Um might go see Endgame a second time with me Madre Uh, uh, but who knows we'll see pretty much it for me that
2: is the thing I was actually uh, contemplating whether or not I would see Endgame a second time and after seeing the actual movie I don't think I will Um, I'll just wait until it comes out and I will definitely watch it as soon as it comes out and I can watch it at home but
0: launching um, on that Disney Plus my assumption anyways
2: well, they'll have it on Blu-ray, but... Uh, uh, streaming, sorry. Um, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. If you're a streamer. He <laughs> <laughs> um, was a streamer boy. Um, but well. anyways, with it being a three-hour movie and with me uh, feeling like it does feel slow for a decent chunk of the movie, I think that um, I'll wait, um, like I said, and... Um, that's surprising to me. Usually, I would go see. Obviously, I went to see Infinity War a second time. Um, so, yeah, that's. Um, I did like the movie, but uh, I think it's the runtime mostly that's like keeping me away from wanting to go to the theater because it's with previews, with driving to the theater and all that. That's an endeavor, you know. So,
0: you gonna be playing anything?
2: Um, I think that. Now that that Hullabaloo is over, the Avengers Hullabaloo is over, I'm sure that I'll be, uh, playing a little bit more. And, uh, another thing is I might be reading less comics now. Uh, also been kind of catching up, um, on what I need to catch up on. So, um, definitely, uh, be getting around to more Katana Zero, which, you know, just shout out to that game. It's a fucking cool game, man. That's, that's, One thing is uh, there's plenty of cool games but you know on this level I don't think there's very many and obviously the whole cyberpunk vibe helps that out but um, they really they they definitely nailed that part it's not you know there's definitely a lot of games that try to be cool they're like dude isn't this fucking cool man and it's like "Mm, not really whereas um, Catan Zero is a very cool game so shout out to Down to zero for that reason.
0: Shout out, Uh, Dom or Sekiro.
1: It's all I do. Uh, Let's play Sekiro.
0: Quick question are either of you getting Rage 2? It's a couple of weeks out. That would not
2: be a launch day purchase for sure.
0: I think I'm going to be hopping in day one. I think. I'm on the edge. I think it looks, (laughs) as a jerk, I'm uh, "I'm on the
1: edge. (laughs) I think (laughs) it looks really cool. You live life right there, Edge, don't you? Yeah. Like I, I think it looks awesome and like a lot of fun, but I it's just going to be really cheap in a few months. <laughs> I just know. Absolutely so. and but yeah, I justifiable. am
2: absolutely also excited and interested to learn, you know, what what other people think of it. So if you're playing Jared, that's definitely something I want to know. I'm about.
0: just itching for that type of game, man. Like an open world just shoot stuff, like just have a good yeah. time. I'm just itching for that yeah. experience right now. So um yeah, that's it well, for this week. are having week's.
2: a Borderlands reveal apparently every week <laughs> leading up to the game, so if that's not, you know, you can just watch Borderlands reveals.
0: <laughs> Hopefully Randy Pitchford does another magic trick. I can't wait. Yeah, um, exactly right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you can, please leave us a review on iTunes and follow us there. It helps. Um, even just, you know, giving it a star rating and not commenting anything helps us move up in the charts. If you can, go over to YouTube, type in Controlled Interest. We'll pop up. Subscribe to us. Hit the bell notification. It helps. Uh, make sure that you see our uploads whenever they happen because YouTube has a weird issue with the subscriptions. Leave a like on the video, you know, smash that like button. Uh, Twitter, we're on Twitter as well, as much as uh, we can be. And that is at uh, CTRLINT. Um, try to have a couple of tweets throughout the week in terms of uploads and some other tweets uh, focusing on the industry and releases and stuff like that. Um, that's at CTRL, INT, controlled interest abbreviated. I am at Jared underscore. Dom is at Dom's Oreos. And Jordan is at Mellow Modus. And we'll catch you guys next week, closer to E3. Starting to book guests. Oh. We're going to see how the, everything pans out. Go. No PlayStation this year, which is sad, but I think we'll make do with the conference. It's we
2: still going to be a dope E3, man. Yeah. Without yeah. PlayStation, you know, like I've been complaining about their E3 conferences for the last year. Like Xbox has been knocking it out of the park. You think that's going to stop anytime soon?
0: I don't think so. I think it's only
2: going to get better.
1: Yeah. And the crazy thing is, like, (laughs) Sony
0: had some bad shows, but they just had great games. So, like, it you know, it wasn't terrible because the games were good. So, anyways, we'll catch you guys next week. Mm -hmm. See you guys then.